everyone, and welcome to Aishapedia Uncut. With me, your host, Aisha, or as you may know me on social media, Aishapedia. episode we're trying something a little different to what we do every week. I've passed the halfway mark of Aishapedia Uncut for the first season and I wanted to share a little more with my listeners. If what I've shared online already throughout my weekly topics wasn't indicative enough of my thoughts and my character and who I am as a person, then I figured a Q&A segment would definitely help. So last year I actually had this idea of making this my first podcast episode, but I was so nervous to get into the podcast arena and I just said, nope, I'm not going to do this. But I kept the questions and I just scrapped the idea and I said, let me do this for another time, a later time. And today is that time. I asked you all to send your questions through on any topic via my Instagram poll and I'm going to tackle them one by one. I've tried to minimize the questions slightly because there were a few repetitions. Before we begin, if you haven't already, I would definitely suggest subscribing to the podcast, whether it's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher or any of those other great podcast hosts. And if you haven't already, please give me a follow on Instagram. Instagram at Aishapedia to see more of what I put out there and to keep up to date when I post my next episode. So let's start off with the first question. How are you? How are you doing? I actually just really appreciate this question because it's so easy to get swept up and not really be mindful of how we're actually doing and how people around us are doing. So I just think this is a very thoughtful question. And to the people that have actually sent me this question, I'm very grateful. And I'm doing okay. Alhamdulillah. I'm uh, slightly tired of lockdown. I think everybody is. I think everyone's just tired of the coronavirus virus. You know what? I'm very grateful to be healthy and alive despite everything that's happening. I think to have good health is to have wealth at this point in time. And I think to have a roof over my head, to have food in my stomach and to have access to clean water and just electricity is just an amazing thing. And I think the days when I feel upset or sad, I have to keep reminding myself of this. And it's fine to have bad days, but it's good to remember that we are doing better than most and we have to be grateful for that. So I think I'm doing okay. And the next question, need a cup of chai? Always, is that even a question? So if you don't know me already, my kryptonite is masala chai. And particularly with lemongrass, fresh lemongrass. The reason for this is growing up, my mom would always make us masala chai, whether it was, you know, having it for breakfast or on the weekends, because obviously school time was cereals in the morning. She would always make us masala chai and it would be with lemongrass or ginger or even freshly grown mint from her garden. And it's something she taught us to make when we obviously, you know, went to university, me and my siblings. It's just something we always have to have and it's like the perfect remedy for a headache so always need a cup of chai what do i do and am i studying or am i working okay i'm doing both actually i'm currently doing my postgraduate degree in law i don't want to go too much into it yet i think i wanted to save that for a later date where i can talk more about what i do and what i study in more detail i am working as well i work in academia and research as well all of it is related to law so it's completely different to what i do on instagram and what i speak about on this podcast. If anything, Instagram and this podcast is like a complete breather to law. My life is always filled with law, so this is just a good avenue for me to get all of that non-law related stuff out of my head. When did you start blogging and how did you get into blogging? 
So I actually started blogging in 2017. What had actually happened is that I decided to just make it a photography page. I bought a camera in my final year of my undergrad and I said, I think it was, yeah, it was a Nikon G5300. It was a DSLR. It was like that phase where everybody was buying a camera. And I said, you know, I need to get a camera. I need to get a lens. I bought like a standard lens. I bought a 50 millimeter and I said, I'm going to do this photography page. It's going to be all about food and landscape photography. When I moved to Cape Town, I decided to do a course. That course was not in the slightest way helpful for me. I, I did learn a few things, but it wasn't things that have, have, have really shaped what I'm doing today on my blog. It was only at the end of the year that I thought to myself, no, can't just keep focusing on food and landscape. Let me try and expand this. Let me try do things besides just food and landscapes. And a lot of my family members would say to me, Aisha, just become that hijabi Barbie blogger. My best friend would literally say that hijabi Barbie blogger. And she'd say, you have the personality for it. Just go out and just do it. I was so nervous to put myself on that space. And I would say, no, I'm too nervous. Like, what would people even care? And then I decided to take the plunge. So I think from 2018 January is when I decided to really dive into this world of modest fashion styling, taking my blog a little bit more seriously. I was on WordPress, so I did have an actual blog on WordPress for maybe two years. Then I moved to Squarespace and now I've kept it purely as just a micro blog on Instagram. I decided not to renew a Squarespace site just for the sake of it was an investment and an expense that I didn't really see much of the rewards. I think my interactions were sort of slipping away and you pay a lot. You pay um, you pay in dollars. So it's a lot of money that goes into it. And if you're not doing it consistently and you're not getting that audience, you wouldn't really be thinking of it as something worthwhile. So I thought, let me rather invest invest into my microblog, which is Instagram. Let me start looking at avenues where I'd rather spend on the photography. I'd rather buy myself a camera or I'd work with a photographer or purchase presets or you know look at certain courses online that would help me I could spend the money that I'd be spending on a site rather on my blog and that would prove more beneficial to me on Instagram which is still a micro blog instead of just doing it on a bigger space like Squarespace or WordPress recommendations of places to go in Cape Town this is a big one I don't even know where to begin because the answer to this is an endless list of ideas from food to tourist attractions and yeah I don't the thing is I think if you ever want to know a certain space specifically it just depends on the kind of person you are are you adventurous do you you know love to go shopping do you prefer more cultural and historical sites I think if you want to know more about you know Cape Town as a city then TripAdvisor is your best friend I know it's a very easy place to resort to because everybody does but I think if you want to know more about a place I think in Cape Town in particular there's so many cliche sites, whether it's, you know, you can go visit Cable Car, Table Mountain, you can climb Lion's Head, you can go to Robben Island, you can cycle down Seapoint Promenade, you can visit the Penguin Beach at Boulders, you can even, you know, visit the colorful houses in Boca, take a walking tour. Those are things that TripAdvisor would normally suggest. If you really want to see certain sites, I think definitely speak to a local. I don't call myself a local because I didn't grow up here, but when I moved here, I said to myself, I need to make the most of it. That's when I started posting on my personal page, Aishapedia, of all the different sites that I like to visit. There's so many spots here that I didn't see on TripAdvisor. And I think if you ever want to know more about then drop me a DM or just follow my page. I regularly post where I am, what I'm doing and all these different sites. I would say, you know, visiting Clifton Beach, going to Chapman's Peak where you can view the most amazing
amazing sites. There's a little cave and a tunnel which you can visit. You can have picnics. You can have picnics in Kirsten Wash Gardens. It's not necessarily just a botanical garden to visit. Cape Town is just so diverse. I think if you want to check out the food, I would also recommend checking out Foodie of Cape Town. I work on Foodie of Cape Town as well with another foodie and we love to post a lot of our food adventures, whether it's home catering, whether it's takeaway, whether it's dining in or just any food place that we visit, even if it's just a takeaway coffee, there's regular reviews, there's regular places, there's so many things, whether you're vegan, vegetarian, pescatarian, halal, whatever you eat, it's all there. So I would highly recommend checking that out. You're listening to Aishapedia Uncut and we'll be right back. How do you drape your turban style? Please do a tutorial. Would you ever do hijab tutorials? I drape my scarf usually with the essentials of having a lightweight scarf and it's either a polyester or a cotton scarf and I the essential and I think this is just the ultimate hijab hack is just having a good scarf cap. Up until four years ago I never used a scarf cap and I don't know why for what reason. I used to use pins and the pins were the worst thing in the world. They used to end up on the floor. I would lose them. I think every hijabi that actually uses a pin will know what I'm talking about and yeah they'll get it. But I I decided to stop using the pins and I said you know what I need to try and do things which are simple. I need to do things which are more lightweight and I think That's why having a scarf cap, it helps with just having more control because your hair is tucked in, your scarf material, it won't fall off your head. You don't even need to use pins. You can, but I'm just saying that you don't even need to. And you don't need to have a scarf cap that's long. It can be very short. It just needs to cover just the top half, maybe from your forehead up until halfway through your head. And I think it just helps to give it that control and just that stability when you wear it on your head so you don't have to worry about it sliding off or falling off. When it comes to filming hijab tutorials, I'm not sure that I could film hijab tutorials. I think a lot of my scarf looks are trial and error. And it's funny because I would watch headscarf bloggers do some tutorials and I would never be able to recreate it because they just make it look so effortless. But I think if you are somebody that wants to learn more about the headscarf, that wants to obviously maybe who knows wear the headscarf, that even if you're not wearing the headscarf or if you just want to try out different styles. And I think looking to Dina Tokyo, she has the best headscarf tutorials in my opinion. I think she has a video with over 20 scarf styles and she doesn't limit herself to one type of material. She changes it up. She uses ribbed, she uses silk, she uses satin. She uses all different variations and I think it's so great because she shows scarf styles with or without pins and it's just so convenient. She was one of the biggest inspirations when it came to changing up how my scarf style looks and making it work, making it more fashionable. So definitely, you know, visit Dina Tokyo's YouTube page. Who knows, inshallah, maybe I will do some tutorials, but I don't want to promise anything because I still have to build up my confidence. I did, however, film a TikTok video, which was super hard. But inshallah, who knows, maybe I will actually try and film an IGTV video or a YouTube video on just filming how I do my basic scarf scarf tutorials and how I wear my scarf look. Where are you from? So I was born in Khabaroni, Botswana. So by nationality, I am Botswana. It's a bit confusing because I always tell people, oh, like I lived in the UK, but I actually studied. I did my undergraduate degree in the UK. And now I live in Cape Town and I'm working in Cape Town. What is this podcast supposed to be about? So it's basically a societal and cultural space where we can have conversations that speak more of what I think. 
I've often found that Instagram was, it was quite limiting to get my voice out there unless I was actually doing it on stories. And I'm not a very confident person on Instagram stories. I rarely film Instagram stories, though I feel like I should. Depending on your page, I think most people or your audience is not quite interested in always hearing your opinions or your thoughts on this or that. I think for the most part, if you have a certain type of niche, your audience is also catered to that niche. I would like to call myself as a modest fashion and food blogger. And I think most people are interested in where did you get your shoes? Where did you do your scarf style? Where did you eat that food kind of thing? So I think if I'm discussing more of my opinions and my thoughts, I thought it'd be better to just have a space purely just to discuss that. And I think this is something so great because this podcast has helped me channel my thoughts. It's allowed me to not feel limited by what I can say, who I can bring on, the topics I can discuss. It just feels great to speak on this purely for what we can bring and just, you know, bringing those voices to be heard. Okay, the next question is pineapple on pizza. I'm on the fence about this. I originally hated this combination because it just sounds gross. I once had it actually from Bin Rashid's. I had this garlic margarita cheetah. It had like like chili powder on it and we had it I had it with a couple of friends and I was so embarrassed to even say like oh that's disgusting because I kept saying to them like I don't like pineapple and I thought okay you know what let me just have the margarita it was really late at night so we couldn't even order anything else so we grabbed we had this margarita pizza and it had pineapple on it and I'm like oh just close your eyes it's okay maybe just put the pineapple to the side but I'm like let me just try it and when I actually tried it it wasn't bad I mean I only ever had it once it was only on that occasion I haven't ordered it since so who knows I think pineapple Pineapple and pizza, I would answer maybe. Do you model for any Islamic fashion? I do not actually, but I would definitely love to for sure. I don't like to use the word modeled because I think that I'm not a model. I have worn my own clothes, which are modest clothes that I've purchased myself. And I've put it up on my Instagram page. And it's it's items from my wardrobe that are from modest brands. I tend to gravitate towards brands that do have that modest arena. So for example, H&M has a lot of their dresses, a lot of their looks are, can cater towards modest fashion. Because you don't necessarily need to worry about it being see-through or worrying about the length. Because they have variations. If you want to wear something that's maxi or midi... You know it's not going to be so fitted, it's not going to be able to be so short or it's definitely something that's very inclusive to people who are wearing modest fashion, which I think is so progressive right now. Another brand I would recommend is ASOS. They do have their own label. If you shop in the UK or abroad, they have a special like brand name called ASOS Modest and everything there is modest fashion. It's amazing. Some of the things are a bit questionable, but I think that's really cool that they have that space for it. All in all, I think a lot of my clothes are not geared towards just Islamic fashion. I think by Islamic fashion, I think you would probably mean modest fashion where you're obviously covering your whole body. So I think a lot of what I wear isn't particularly Islamic fashion. It is modest, modest fashion geared. I think it's all contributing towards modest fashion. And finally, I think this, this we should end off with this question because this is quite a heavy question. But how do you keep hope in this world and people despite knowing how cruel it can be? This is actually just a very somber question. But in all honesty, if I have to think about it, it just, it all boils down to the kind of person you see yourself as. Just how you perceive things, how you wish to be treated. I think that should automatically be thought of as how would I want someone else to treat me? And I think the way you think of that is how you should treat other people. As someone who is a cynic, I've come to terms with the fact that this world is extremely selfish. It's cutthroat. 
But I think as people, we do have to adapt. And it's how we adapt that separates us from the people who are unkind or cruel or horrible. I've also found that if we want to make a change in the people around us, we do have to lead by example. If we want this kind of space and this inclusive space, then we need to behave in that manner. It doesn't mean, you know, we must just keep turning the other cheek and let people take advantage of us. Have I think there's a saying that I've heard, and I don't know if you've come across it. It's a saying that says, hurt people hurt people. This is where I think boundaries step in because boundaries are so important. And I think once you realize that cruelty stems from a place of hurt or anger, you also notice that it can only be diffused with something else compassion, kindness, softness. It's also something that I've actually learned heavily from my religion. My religion is the foundation to who I am. It's something I've grown up to and it's something that I always try to seek when I'm feeling unsure or confused instead of just talking to my friends or my family. I think my religion is the first source. Thing with Islam, there's so many occurrences where our Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, would be faced with death threats, his own family trying to kill him, people trying to capture him, he was isolated. You read a couple of the stories that he went through and it's just insane. Because if you have to think about how you would deal with it in today's world, a lot of people wouldn't survive. You know, the way he got through all of this adversity, he practiced kindness, he practiced patience, a lot of which... I think is something that I wish I had, something that I want to aspire to. It is very hard to do. It's not something that everybody can do. You have to have a lot of patience and you also have to be resilient. And I think aspiring to have these qualities and knowing that, you know, maybe you can really achieve these qualities, it keeps you grounded. And I think it's kept me grounded in really helping to realize that how you feel and if you have these qualities... They can really shape you and the people around you's perspective during moments of difficulty. I'm still trying. I'm definitely still trying and I'm definitely trying to learn more about myself. I'm definitely trying to learn more about people. There are times where I don't have any patience. But I think every day, try and set yourself a goal to be better, to do better. Because if we've done something wrong and if we have treated someone badly, it doesn't have to mean that we constantly have to treat people badly. I think... If you've learned from a mistake and you continue with an open mind and an open heart and you just realize that, look, this is not the way we do things. We have to practice kindness. We have to practice humility. I think that's the best way forward. Treating people with kindness, with dignity, with respect. That is the most important thing in a, such a cruel and scary world. And I think we are all going through so much in a time like this, when there's a pandemic, when there's wars, when people are dying, when there's famine, poverty, everything. These are not new things. But I think right now, leading with light, I said this in my last episode, Leading with light is just so important at a time like this. And I think that's the best way to achieve so much in a world that is suffering so heavily. So with that final question, I know I've kept it quite short, but I wanted to keep it very simple and just touch on different aspects of who I am as a person and what I think. There were a few other questions, but I didn't want to go too much into it. I do want to leave a few things for the future. Who knows, I might answer a few of them on my Instagram stories or even on my next season question mark but i just wanted to thank you all for listening into today's episode and just leave me with your feedback via our aishapedia uncut highlight reel honestly i have to say this has been such an amazing experience so far and i'm just so grateful to each and every listen it means the world so i'm so grateful thank you so much and i will speak to you all next week with a new episode Music.